Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 243 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. Welcome along with me here to discuss all the comings, the goings and whatever else we may talk about this evening. I don't know, actually, which is rather exciting. It's nice not to have like a, a run through sheet of what we're going to talk about. Not that we've ever been that professional. <laughs> That's why we've had a run through sheet. But let's just give the illusion of professionalism here. Uh, we may go off piece. Not that we don't. Already. Anyway, I'll shut up because you know what to expect. Nonsense. And uh, the chief purveyor of nonsense is, of course, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. Welcome back. Oh, thank you, son. And we're officially first podcast post-season now, isn't it? As where the season's finished, the Super Bowl's under wraps. Did you watch much of it? I watched. Uh, I didn't stay up for it. Um, I think you called me a grumpy old sod for not, uh, didn't you, want, uh, for not staying up and watching it. But I didn't. I watched it the next day and I enjoyed it. It was quite a close game. A lot of people, you know, uh, talking about Taylor Swift and whatnot. And... Um, but I thought the game was quite good. I quite like a defensive schlobber knocker, and then it sort of came to life a bit in the second half. And we, we do you know what? It kind of went as I thought. You know, um, Chiefs hung in there. 49ers probably should have won, but they made some daft mistakes. And the Chiefs just know how to pull it out of the bag and do. You know, they've done it before, and they did it again, which is annoying. But you know, I'm sure any team watching across the league will think, yeah, that's how it's done, basically. I think it's a good summary. And I think, for me, I thought the first three quarters were awful. I, I mean, I, you know, I those of the people out there like yourself that quite like a defensive game, I'm sure, you know, enjoyed that side of it. But it wasn't that much of a spectacle. It stop-start, nothing too flashy. But the end of the game picked up, didn't it? And good ending, you know. I thought we were destined for a second overtime, which would have been a first. But, yeah, as you said, you've got to give credit to the Chiefs. They grind it out. They've, you know, they coached a very, very good season in the end, you know. I think to go through the playoffs like they did and play the best of the best, to go into Baltimore and beat them, um, play San Francisco, you'd say were quite comfortably the best team in the NFC and get a result there. They beat Buffalo, um, who a lot of people fancy to also win that. So, yeah, you can't argue, really. And I think you said it right, and, you know, I said it a second ago. The 49ers had that game, really. They, they should have won it. And they'll look back on that with some quite serious regrets because all round, that team was stacked. And they certainly had their chances to, to kill Kansas City off. But we move on. We do. And it is officially the... Um the off season isn't it so how did you spend i saw quite a few people on the sunday going oh god that's why you are. what am i doing it's the oh, i've got the off season blues what am i going to do with myself i don't know what to do with myself on a sunday evening what did you do with yourself on that sunday evening nathan um 
not a lot really no it's just that there is a bit of a bit of a gaping hole isn't it on Sundays in the evening when you don't have it I was thinking to myself on the Sunday evening a bit sort of worse for wear after the Saturday wouldn't you just love a bit of red zone you know a bit of sort of six hours of no football commercial no... free football uh, no. exactly commercial free football sat there in your pants just sort of you know not having to do trouser free football Nathan <laughs> yeah, I'm going really, and it, it's such a brutally long off season. They need to do something about it because the fact now you've not got a proper regular season game for the Bengals for the best part of six months is a horrifying thought that I try and dampen in my mind for at least two or three months. It does leave a big hole, doesn't it? And I think uh, the only way to fill that hole is but with meaningless chat. So we're Quite, quite happy to provide that. And, of course, you know, we, we talk about the fact that there's no football, but there's plenty of stuff going on in the coming weeks. Of course, the NFL Combine starts very soon on the 26th of February. Nathan, are you a fan of watching men run around grunting in very skimpy clothes? Are you a fan of that? Um, I'm not a big fan, no, of the Combine, really. I'm not, I'm not too fussed by it whatsoever. Um, okay then let's move on fuck that yeah, fuck the combine then someone, if someone rips out a brand new top 40 yard dash that's always going to get my eyeballs but aside from that no I, yeah it's just not it's not, not for me to be honest with you son so you know, you're not into the vertical jump the broad jump the whatever it's nah. called the jumpy humpy dumpy the uh, the uh, arm length the um, triple cone triple triple ice cream uh, whammy you're not into that uh, at all I, I, I like the draft and I like sort of understanding the players and watching some tape and getting a feel for the strengths and the weaknesses and the sort of ranges for which people think they'll be drafted and looking at the analysis but whether they can run a three cone five cone all the stuff that you were going on about there you know I, I'm not bothered about that to be honest with you like if it's a point two of a second quicker here and half an inch there you know I, this, that, this is not something that's going to get me Get me all hot and sweaty. Is it not? I'm not going to ask you what normally gets you hot and sweaty. In fact, I know what gets you hot and sweaty: a good Manabria and a, a quality, a high quality pizza. Um, that gets me hot and sweaty. If anything, that gets me nice and chilled out. Do you know what gets me hot and sweaty tonight? Go on then. There's a fantastic soup <laughs> that I've been buying. Oh, I can't of it, but it's quite a nice one. And I've been blending all these different ingredients into it and mashing it all up and yeah. stirring it and brewing it. And it's bloody spicy. Um, and I have it with a nice bit of bread and cheese, a good bit of butter on it. Oh, black pepper. Oh, I tell you, that gets, it's absolutely burning up. Bird eye cheese. We got to that stage of the off season already that you're talking yeah. about soup. We're just about to enter into spring, Nathan. It's not even winter yet. Now, I, I feel I feel all like I feel fantastic off that soup, so I'll tell yeah, you. It sounds like a positively, uh, you know, uh, a superfood detox uh, soup full of full of goodness that sweats out the toxins. Would I be right in saying that? There's a good bit of stuff in there. There's some fresh garlic in there. There's yeah. some tomato tomatoes in there. Chilies, yeah. basil. Um, yeah, I think it does the job. But then there's a lot of bread. There's a lot of bread also that goes with it. So. <laughs> Yeah, somewhat negating the goodness of uh... tiger bread as well. You can't beat tiger bread. I won't have it. I won't have it from anyone else. Tiger bread is that your bread of choice? Yeah. Not sourdough, but tiger bread. Is oh, that... I think sourdough is really overrated. You know, you? Right. massively overrated. I just it's got a bit of a fancy name and all you know sourdough this and that. But nice hearty loaf of tiger bread with a sort of nice sort of rugged crust. You can have real chew on, but <laughs> soft in the middle and nice and fresh. Oh. 
Well, uh, I, I'd get in touch with our friend Jimmy in Japan um, because he grows uh, his own chilies, and uh, I think uh, another uh, Scottish Bengals fan, Brian, he grows his own chilies. So there's a, there's a few people out there that uh, take matters into their own hands and grow their own. And so I'd be interested now out there who else grows their own, especially spring coming up. It's planting season um, and gardening season. So I can't believe what tangent this is going down. But anyway, um, let's get back. Let's get back. Here's the combine. Um, big news. Uh, one of the uh, Bengals fans' most coveted players, defensive tackle, Jazan Newton, uh, now wants to be done, known as Johnny Newton. So that's the big news in the pre-combine uh, era at the moment. Um, any, but so you you don't give a shit. Basically, you don't give a flying wank what goes on at the combine. Do you or do you? Will it in, will it inform when you're doing your mock drafts on on fan sided or uh, Pro Football Network or PFF or whatever it is? Um, it won't. It won't influence your choices at all, will it? No. Um. Yeah, I mean, possibly it, like in the later rounds, prospects that have overperformed and you know smashed out a really fast forty yarder with you know great size, and there's some sort of combos there that you might want to take a punt on in later rounds and see if you can mould them. That potentially come into the frame, but <clears throat> a lot of these guys that. I mocked in the first round and the second round that we all sort of know the most about and care the most about. You, a lot of their stuff's on tape. You know their like strengths and weaknesses. People might pop up and down draft balls, but I think you've got to be really careful with, oh, you know, pushing people up five, ten spots on draft balls, which often does happen after the combine. You only have to look at John Ross to, you know, Ooh, say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, it doesn't. I mean, I I think the best the best uh, predicator of any mock draft or draft is to watch what your team is doing in free agency because um, that might tell you who or what you know. For instance, if they if they go out and uh, for instance sign a new right tackle, they probably won't spend uh, a pick on a right tackle in the first couple of rounds. They might do, but it's probable that we, they won't. Uh, if they went off and uh, you know um, put the tag, franchise tag on T Higgins, uh, they might still uh, draft a wide receiver, but perhaps not in the first couple of rounds. But you know, who knows? But they they have done that in the past. You know, they have filled holes in free agency and drafted uh, for need a little bit. Um, but then again, um, we're always told you always draft draft best player available. And I've seen, like recently, just recently today, uh, Daniel Jeremiah in his second mock draft, two point zero. He has uh, he's chosen for the Bengals tight end Brock Bowers, who fell because a bunch of offensive linemen, offensive tackles, actually went high a bunch of quarterbacks went high and that's always the case if there's a run on a particular position we've seen cornerbacks go high we've been we've seen uh, wide receivers go high before we've seen quarterbacks go high before there's a chance that some really good players might drop to us at 18 you know so um it's a bit it's a bit tricky to do mock drafts at the moment i think because we just don't really know what what needs to be filled on the roster yet uh we don't quite know um, the situation with T Higgins we don't quite know the situation with Joe Mixon yet and we keep saying that will be resolved quite soon as well although personally um, 
I expect him to stay this year. Uh, I do. I just don't think the Bengals do that kind of thing, you know. Um, I think, you know, there is a really good argument that, yes, he's been productive, another 1,000-yard season, you know, the 4,000-yard season, I believe, in seven seasons. That's pretty good going. He's He's been a good player for us. But uh, he commands something like an $8.5 million uh, cap hit this year. Is he worth that money? And But then, you know, it's always the question. Who do you get to replace him? What do you do at running back if you cut Joe Mixon, you know? Um, so all that is to be resolved. I think, I think the main... Um, the main areas of interest really are right tackle. I reckon Jonah won't stay. I don't reckon he will. Um, T Higgins, uh, what to do there? And Joe Mixon, that's the offensive side of the ball. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> I think you're right. There's a 98-plus percent chance that Jonah Williams is gone. Higgins... I, 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 we've had this debate before, and I think most of um, the Bengals fans, the media, the press, the insiders are very much sort of married to the fact that they're going to tag T and that's going to be it. I don't think many people think they're going to trade him, um, and I don't think anyone out there thinks they're just going to wave him goodbye and out the door. Um, I just think the Mixon thing, I, I, I really just think that's a massive overpayment for us for a position that... A, I don't think Mixon's output is as good as people make it out to be. I know he got a 1,000-yard season, but that's probably the most overrated statistic out there, especially in a 17-game season that he played, every, I think, near enough every game in. Um, I don't think he had a bad season, don't get me wrong, but was it top half in the NFL? Obviously, I don't think it was. And the salary you're paying him as a running back will be well over that. Um, I, I'm just not sure that it's the best use of our money. If we're going to tag T Higgins... I just don't think you need to be paying Joe Mixon that money because there's going to be other positions on this team that we need to fill, like Jonah's right tackle position. Yes, you can draft a guy in the first round, but that, that makes you nervous starting a rookie um, at right tackle, mid-round rookie. He might not be ready, might not be acclimatised just yet. And behind that, you've got next to nothing, certainly that you want to be starting at that position. Um, the D-line, there's questions there about it. does there need to be improvement, depth. Um, there was people uh, talk today about someone like BJ Hill potentially being a cap casualty. Now, if it was a straight choice between like who are we dropping to save a bit of cash, I'd rather drop Mixon, draft a running back, um, or pick up a very cheap one to sit alongside... Um, Chase Brown then I would lose someone like BJ Hill has been a good contributor I know BJ Hill's you know slightly getting on a bit and he's on quite a bit of money himself but if there's going to have to be tough decisions to be made I'm not, I'm not knocking Joe Mixon he had a solid season last year I thought he played better um, towards the end he has some big games now and then but I don't think he's, his output is irreplaceable by any stretch and I think that unfortunately it is just a notion with running backs these days they're easily replaceable um, I mean just look at Chase Brown he was if I don't get me I think he was he a fourth or fifth round pick yeah yeah and he looked fantastic at points last year. You know, I'm not saying he's, you know, he's going to sit there and play 20 snaps a game. He's going to be as good of a blocker as Mixon was. There's, you know, there might be a mild drop off there. But this guy's on, you know, peanuts in comparison to what you'll be paying Joe Mixon. And that's a guy that was got in the, you know, sort of latter rounds of the draft. If you were to save that money on Mixon, go with the best running back available in rounds three, maybe even round two, maybe even round four, or you traded up a little bit and got the guy you really like 
legs that you thought would be a perfect complementary back to the style that Chase Brown gives you, I think you solved that problem. You know, whereas there's other positions, if you're going to throw that money at, they're going to be far more difficult to solve in round three or four or two. Um, you know, so we're not going to replace BJ Hill with a guy in round three or four. It'd be very unlikely. You'd be very lucky to get someone that could come in and contribute straight away like that. So for me, that's where we've got to save a bit of money. Um, and Joe Mixon, like I said, been a fantastic servant to the club. He's been, you know, he'll be up on that ring of honour someday for the service he's given and the performances he's given. And, you know, I, I don't think he thinks he's going to go. He was very much sort of biting back on Twitter saying, you know, he, he that yeah, people out there saying this stuff need to sort of keep it quiet. They said it last year and he believes he'll be back. I think he probably will be back as well, but it's not what I'd be doing. See, I, I agree with you. And I also think you can... Uh use that argument for T Higgins as well is it is paying T Higgins 20 million dollars for this year too much um when every you know when it's you know you look at the draft every year there's loads of wide receivers there there's some great of all shapes and sizes some great looking wide receivers out there yes it's a risk dra- drafting someone i know replacing them with a rookie but you know, we that's the nature of the the system. That's the nature of the drafting process. You hit sometimes and you don't. Uh, we hit with T Higgins. So, you know, is there is there an argument there? There's loads of wide receivers in the draft, you know, all the way down to rounds three and four. Do you know what I mean? By the looks of things. And that's happening every year. There's some fantastic uh, looking wide receivers every single year. So um, why hold on to someone that's going to be worth a considerable chunk of your cap space when you can go off and perhaps you know buy or, or kind of spend and, and and get another sort of two or three players for that kind of cash that would really fill some holes and make your team better of course the counter argument is that t is a brilliant player and he's got great chemistry with joe and he is a real big big game player and he's done it in super bowls and afc championship games and you know you look at the td against minnesota you know what i mean he's 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 a clutch guy and um you want your guys to play for his, for your club uh, as long as possible so you can you can go to and fro on this argument i think yeah 100% and the argument for t i think comes down to the fact that Joe Burrow's contract is going to go into nuclear mode next year and if you pay T this year with a franchise tag that gives you an opportunity on a sort of one year loan deal almost with him to go and get it you know to have that window as wide open as wide open as it could be with Chase with T probably with a guy they're going to draft higher than you'd think to go into that position that T will vacate next year. Obviously, we think Tyler Boyd's going to be gone. Um, but we need to back up behind Jamar Chase because with Boyd gone, you're really sort of scraping. There's not... <clears throat> Chase misses a couple of games. You've not got that um, receiver on the outside. So, at the very least, T becomes an insurance policy um, either way with Jamar Chase. So, I, I think he'll be back. I, unfortunately, I think it's a very low chance that he's going to be re-signed long-term. I just don't think there's the cash there for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah certainly again if it was down to you know an argument for I know it's different amounts of money but in terms of spending money I'd, I'd be happy to let Joe Mixon go get a guy in the third round and give that additional money so you'd be helpful. happy with a backfield of say a rookie starter with a one year player coming in in Chase yeah. year Brown so that's quite an inexperienced 
backfield, isn't it? Would you? You'd be happy yeah. with that, would you? Yes, I would. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. If we're going to take a risk and go thin in one position, I'd go there because Chase Brown looked good. He'll only be better with a year of the playbook under his belt. And if you needed a running back and it wasn't working, there'd be guys knocking around that looked quite promising in the in the uh, the preseason. Guys that had been cut from other teams and roster cuts that you could yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be terrible options. You see it year after year, running backs you've never heard of coming in, playing well, lighting it up. I think a lot of it comes down to the O line. I'm not diminishing a good running back. There is a difference between, you know, having a real quality Derek Henry style in his prime running back versus someone like Chase Brown or, you know, you, you sort of Gus Edwards's of the league. But I think if we're going to try and be a pass first offense with Joe Burrow, which we are. Um, and we're going to be paying up the arse for Jamar Chase and T Higgins on the franchise tag. There's talk of us drafting a tight end quite high. You'd have to give a bit of money there. Obviously, they need a right tackle as well. There's some money there. You can't just give all the money to the offense. If we are going to save a bit of cash, I think let's go cheap and cheerful at running back. And yeah, it's a bit of a risk, but it's going to be a risk somewhere on this roster with how the whole roster cap balance um, situation plans. Well, I know it's harder than you think. We haven't even talked about the defense yet, and uh, that's going to be interesting as well because that arguably is funny, isn't it? We all talk about the offense for the Bengals, which you know we love our guys, you know Jamar and Jamar and uh, Mix and uh, Joe Boy and TB and T, all those guys, Ted Caras, all those guys. Um, we love talking about them, and they're they're very much. Uh, universally uh, heralded by everyone but really it was the defense that got us to the end to the super bowl in the end i would argue and it was the defense that kind of you know wasn't great last season so the defense is absolutely critical i think and um it's going to be really interesting there all eyes i think on the um defensive line dj reader what's going to happen there bj hill i've seen he's been a cut casualty in a couple of mocks uh which i think would be slightly unfair i think you know what i do think if anything uh they need some help uh they don't need to be cut they need some help on that defensive line uh you know zach carter just ain't cutting it miles murphy needs to show more in his second year joseph asai went off a cliff a little bit last year which was really disappointing um so yeah need some help on that defensive line i think so um yeah, well, it's, it's all going to go on, isn't it? I say free agency starts. We'll know about the franchise tag pretty soon. We'll know about Mixon's uh, bonus, which is due to be paid. And you know, if they're going to if they're going to pay that bonus, that means pretty much he's staying. Uh, so we'll know then. The combine is this week. Uh, free agency starts early March. Uh, it's it's off season. What off season, Nathan? No, I agree, and I think you made a really good point. And this is why, when I was saying at the start of the show about six months, is that you know you don't want to think about that. You don't think about it because it is thick and fast in March and April with free agency. That first sort of week, ten day period is absolutely thrilling, and there's always some crazy moves going on. And then you've got you know quite a quick transition from sort of taking stock of what's happened in free agency and updating rosters and what depth charts and all the rest of it, and then you're straight pretty much into the draft coverage which goes on for about three or four weeks and then you know by the time that you get to the end of that you're into may and all of a sudden you're not as far as you think from the season so it is always an exciting period and just quickly sam before we move on to the next topic i'm really intrigued to think to sort of hear from you i guess how aggressive 
do you think the Bengals are prepared to be? Because they have surprised us a bit in the last couple of off-seasons. Last off-season, obviously, um, the big signing at tackle, which I don't think a lot of people expected them to go out and get um, Orlando Brown or a player of that magnitude. Um, do, do you think that there's a chance that they do see this? As obviously, T. Higgins is being somewhat aggressive in paying him that money, but do you think there's a chance they could go out there and get a premium tackle to replace Jonah or to go and get a really big Chris Jones style player? And I know obviously that's sort of like trying to bait people in a bit with the whole, you know, core. Could you imagine if the Bengals got this player? But do you think they sit there as a franchise and think, look, we know we're going to have to pay Joe Burrow crazy amounts. Maybe we go absolutely at it this year. The cap's going up a huge amount, which will benefit bigger market teams than perhaps it will the Bengals um, in terms of cash available. But do you think there's a chance they could go absolutely mad? and just? Yeah, I, th- I think the narrative of the Bengals being thrifty and a poverty franchise is a bit redundant now because they've shown, especially since uh, the, the thing that Zach has really brought with him is is an aggressiveness, you know, um, and I think I think he's helped. And also the changeover from, I have to say, from Mike to Katie, I think that's helped a little bit, a bit, a bit more of a, a more of a modern way of looking things, perhaps. With all due respect to to Mike, uh, I think if you, so, a few things have played into it, but the big ones have been aggressive up to a point haven't they um you know you look at how much money they plowed into both offensive and defensive lines and you know that's certainly the defensive line now there's questions there uh but you know it's a cyclical thing you know you sign these players for three four years and we're seeing dj's uh tired those dj's three years coming into an end that they've re-signed trey obviously i think sam uh, old mother hubbard is coming up in the next year or so bj hill soon um and then you, you know this is ted Karras's final year perhaps alex kappa next year so you, you know it's constant regeneration constant stuff so you're right it's just a case of where i don't think they were expecting orlando brown to become uh to have become available when he did last year so I think that sort of took them by surprise but they could do it money wise they could make it work so why why wouldn't you and we got a pretty half decent season from Jonah at right tackle I thought he did pretty well uh, and Orlando Brown was okay he was good he wasn't like amazing but he was good um, so it's just I, I don't see why they shouldn't be really like you say I mean you could view placing the franchise tag on T Higgins as an aggressive free agency move, spending that amount of money on one player for one year, it's it's a gamble, and it's especially with his injury history as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a gamble, and it's you could view it as a free agent move, really. You know, not 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 a uh, renewing your own sort of player. It's a, it's it is a free a free agent move, I guess. Uh, you could make that certainly make that argument. So where would I like to see them? I think it's the defensive line for me. I. I, I think I'd like to see uh, a sure, sure-headed, good player on the defensive line. They went out and got one with DJ Reader. How good has he been for the past three years? He's been terrific. I'd like to to see them work out some sort of deal, but who knows? I think he might. You know, I think other teams will want him. Uh, injury and all. Um, you know, Chris Jones. I think. That would be certainly a statement. That would be a statement because he's still pay, still playing at a sh- very 
people have mentioned his age, right? You know, we're not going to get Chris uh, Chris Jones because of his age, and he's coming towards the end, and blah blah blah. And really, he's he's achieved everything that you know he's wanted to achieve. Um, so, what would motivate him? I don't know. Perhaps you know, perhaps uh, winning somewhere else, or I think he'd want to go to a challenger. But I think at this stage of the career. He just wants to. He just want to cash in, wouldn't he? He just want to play for another couple of years, and I don't know. Don't know. I mean, I, I think he's he is a game changer. And if we could get um, another game changer, I mean, a serious game changer on that defensive line, that would make the difference. You know, Christian Wilkins is out there. Or I thought though I read today that uh, it's likely he'll be tagged by a Miami, um, but he is a bit of a tag and trade. Um, candidate um chris jones yeah i mean i do think they'll identify someone i do think they'll be open-minded they've got a bit of cash to spend i don't see them going crazy i do you know because cheeto's probably not going to come back either so you i i want some a veteran security back in 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 the secondary on on the outside on the boundary um i would want Maybe this is one for the draft. I expect them to draft a linebacker because Akeem Davis Gates is off, out of contract rather. Uh, Marcus Bailey is too. I reckon they'll keep. If they had to choose, they'll keep Marcus Bailey because of his special teams play. Um, yeah, defensive line. If we could get a get a, like a real game changer, I'm not sure whether Chris Jones will be in within our budget. He's going to be looking for big biscuits, and I don't think. We've got the biscuits in the pantry, Nathan. All the biscuits. We've got some biscuits in the pantry. We've got about, I reckon we've got about half a packet of rich tea and uh, half a packet of hobnobs in the in in the pantry. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Chris Jones is that viable. Um, certainly, if they bring TJ Reid back, they're not going to throw that at him. But if you were going to be, let, let, let's just work on the basis. We've re-signed T. We've re-signed DJ. Um, Tyler Boyd's gone. Mixon's gone. We've saved a bit of money there. Cheeto's gone as well, right? If there's one position that you're going to be aggressive at to get a sort of seven, eight out of ten free agent, a real household name, someone that's going to get you on the ticker on NFL Network that we've signed, a few sort of, you know, a bit, a bit hot and sweaty, what position are you going at? to be aggressive in it will, you know where do you feel like we need a veteran presence someone that's going to be in there immediately i mean you could say tight end i, I don't it doesn't need to be a name i don't need to hear a name for you just in theory there's a seven and a half eight out of ten quality free agent you can go tight end o-line to replace jonah you could go d tackle to pair with reader you go edge you could even go cornerback to say look you know i want a bit of experience out there and you know change things up there what what are you doing son I reckon I would go. Uh, I would still go defensive line, just because I love the defensive line. And if you had a quality, not I'm not dissing BJ Hill, but as I said, if you had, if you re-signed DJ right, and you had BJ as well, I'd want, I'd want an absolute showstopper to pair with DJ. Can you imagine that? We often go on about the dream would have been to see DJ Reader and Geno Atkins together imagine imagine yeah. the absolute carnage of those two 
Um, they played together, didn't they, for about four games? But yeah, it was like, um, with... Gino was on his way out. He was playing injured, and you know it was just such a shame we didn't get to see the best Gino Atkins we could possibly get there. Um, I still, I would still, I mean, I, it's just tantalising. But next, I think I'd, I'd throw um, potentially the next position would be right tackle. Um, but you know, you're looking at perhaps someone like Illuminor from the Raiders who's been making been batting his eyelashes at the Bengals a little bit, been very vocal on social media um, about, you know, perhaps, you know, wanting to protect Burrow and go and beat the Chiefs in a meaningful game. Um, do you know what I mean? But he might cost more than Jonas, so it's a bit of a balancing act. Um, I think the wild card is perhaps wide receiver. You mentioned that Tyler Boyd is going to go, but so... You know, do we do we get a decent, solid slot receiver, uh, or do we just rely on Yoshivash and Charlie Jones? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think defensive tackle, just because of the mouth-watering prospect of having a decent—not that BJL isn't, but oh, like a real, real monster three-tech in there that would get, alleviate the workload of uh, BJ Hill and really help out. Um, so yeah, what about you, man? Um, <clears throat> D line's interesting, but I think if you get a DJ Reader back, the only way you're going to get anyone better than BJ Hill is by cutting BJ Hill. You're not. Gonna, I just don't think they're going to pay the money to all three. Um, you know, the two existing guys on that defensive line, and then another guy coming in. I, I do think tight end would be a really smart move to go and get. Um, a good free agent, a sort of seven, eight out of ten free agent. If there's one out there, you only got to go as far as the Super Bowl this year to see how impactful that um, position is for both of those teams. You look at the Ravens, who are very close to getting there themselves. Um, they benefit massively from Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely when they're playing well. And then you look at Detroit, um, obviously in the NFC t- uh, title game themselves, and the impact that Sam Laporta had for their offense. Now, it doesn't mean it has to work for every team out there, but I just look at even with Jamar Chase and T Higgins, they would benefit so much from a big guy over the middle that was a legitimate, like, we've got to keep our eye on him threat. And I just don't think in the draft um, there's going to be a guy around at 18 when the Bengals pick that they're going to get. I know you were talking about um, about Brock Bowers, um, but he, he, I just do not think he's going to be there at 18. There's a lot of hype around him. If he is fantastic, I'd, you know, throw the card up the front straight away. But there's not really a guy in the round one that I've seen that would be an obvious choice there. It'd be a bit of a reach. Um, and then failing that, you're always gambling a little bit once you get into rounds two and three for an impact starter. So if there was a tight end out there that could come in and play at a high level, I really think we'd benefit from that. It just gives us a security blanket should one of our top guys get hurt. So that for me would be an obvious upgrade. And with the greatest respect to um, Wilcox, Hudson, Sample, a proper good receiving threat would be an enormous upgrade on what we've got on the roster at the moment. Yeah, and that might uh, influence what you do at slot receiver as well. That might impact exactly. on uh, over the middle of the field. Right, let's get to your correspondence. Right, I put out there today, we're freewheeling, whatever topics you want to ask us, go ahead. And we've got some re- actually really interesting ones. Not that I'm surprised that our 
our listeners are so thoughtful and uh, and knowledgeable. But you know, I was expecting you know who would Nathan who would win in a fight between a chinchilla and a I don't know uh, a roast chicken sandwich. You know that kind of thing. Um, but we didn't get any questions with that really. So let's go to let's go to Slam Dunk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Question, gents. Lou was deemed to be head coach material, but this year his name wasn't banded around, and I don't believe he was considered or approached by anyone. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it just shows you really the sort of fickle nature of the NFL. Lou is still a really good coach, but the fact is that his unit, you know, in statistically were was among the worst in the league. Now people will see that people will will see the headline of that and that will affect their decision making so yeah i'm not surprised actually to be honest with you i'm pleased because that means that we we get to have him back in cincinnati for another year um but i think you know he deserves a head coaching role i think he's a fantastic coach fantastic guy but as i say his his unit his defense were statistically one of the worst in the nfl last year so it's not a surprise for me no, same, and that's the brutal nature, isn't it, of the the league that it's what's hot now, and you typically there's always a market for these younger coordinators, teams that have got a long way, trying to sort of copycat the success they've had. Lou will be back in that conversation, and rightly so. Should the Bengals' defense rebound, have a really good job, and look look really strong next year? I mean, I don't think anyone out there at the end of the season before last, Brian Callahan's name wasn't particularly. Um, a hot hand or anything at the moment and if you'd said look one of the coordinators is going to get a coaching job at the end of next season I think a lot of people would have been very surprised um, that it was the offensive coordinator or the defensive so yeah Lou's still got he's still got a um, head coaching job in him I think and that will motivate him a lot this season to think like look if I can get this right here get these guys motivated plan to a higher standard that that's the future um, for me so that that's a good position for us Right, Cartoon Steve Bold at Cartoon Boldy. Um, uh, it's free agency, but I just need to ask if you've seen that Athletic article on the top 150 uh, free agents because it's mad. And he goes on to say, Higgins is number 34 and Mike Evans 38 behind Calvin Ridley, 23, Darnell Mooney, 29, Chris freaking Jones only claims fourth spot, Antoine Winfield, 16th. Isn't even the first safety on that board. Zadarius Smith at nine. Gus Edwards above Derek Henry. Cheeto isn't even on it. I mean, this is it, it is silly season, isn't it? People are just making shit up, basically. Us included. They're just making shit up, you know? Big boards, free agency lists, uh, mock drafts. It's all it's all silly season really. So I wouldn't I would take everything with a pinch of salt. Uh, Boldy, uh, Jamie Trequart Beaster. It's such a lull at this time of year. Draft madness. Not in full swing yet. Nor free agency. I've just seen the Jets have cut Carl Lawson. Would you have him back, Nathan? Would you have Carl Lawson back? Um, maybe on a very, very cheap deal. But I, I, I don't think we really need to go back down that route, do we? But if it was super cheap, and yeah, I mean, would it offer us more than Joseph Asai? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Andrew Dockerell at Docker seventy seven. You've got one kitchen spice for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh. That is a heck of a question. It's a good one. It's a very good one. 
Does I mean this is a really boring answer, but I get I get all hot and sweaty about this, and I have it and everything I can have it on. Black pepper. That's interesting. I just love it, and it's not. I'm not going down the wall with a cumin or um, <laughs> a bit of tarragon, but it's unbelievable. Next to be chili flakes, I do like some paprika's always good, but um, black pepper in abundance, I'd always Ooh, go for abundance. <sighs> yeah, black pepper's an absolute black pepper. <laughs> I'm not sure who that is. Uh, that's obviously the verbal equivalent of a typo there. Uh, black pepper, I like. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I do like cinnamon. Um, that's very good. Uh, I like chat masala to go a bit posh, which is like a curry seasoning with all kinds of good stuff in there. It's a mixture of stuff. I think. But what could I live not live without? With oh, you know, turmeric's been featuring quite heavily recently. Um, bloody hell, Andrew! That's a really tough question. Yeah, I'll go for the chat masala because it's it's a mixture of everything and it's it's beautiful on. So it's a curry taste, you know what I mean? But it's kind of yeah, it's got a bit of a cumin, coriander, fennel seeds. Um, so basically, that's a spice blend, and I think that's a, a good thing. Some green mango powder, so it's a, bit, a little bit. Yeah, so I'd I'd maybe go for that, maybe. But I'm half Italian, so I've got to go. I don't know what would be an Italian. I mean, if you're talking herbs, you'd have to go basil, wouldn't you, really? But if it's spice, I'm not quite sure. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. It's a good question, Andrew. I'd be interested to know what yours uh, yours is. Uh, next up, we have um, VB at Von Blade. Sorry, uh, having seen how other teams approach their team building, what are the Bengals' biggest strengths and weaknesses in that department? Personally, strength is spotting late-round skill players. Weakness is still in its 20th glorious year of ineptitude, the OL. I can't really add to that, uh, uh, VB. I have to say, I think they are good at picking up mid-round you know, steals. Um they're not good at evaluating and drafting offensive linemen, or certainly haven't been recently. Um, Who is the last offensive lineman they drafted that you'd say has been a success? Cordell Volson. So that's only a couple of years ago. Has that been a success? I think so. I think. I think. Yeah, because we've got. He's, he's been a starter for two years, pretty much. I think that you've got to put that down as a success, really. I mean, he's not like the best in the NFL, far, far from it. But he's, I thought it really improved in the last sort of six games last season. Um, but, you know, if you were to compare, say, Cordell Volson to uh, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, uh, Jackson Flipping Carmen, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, what's his chops? Uh, Cedric Aboy and the other guy that we drafted in the same year what was his name that didn't last either um, I'd take Cordell Olsen over all of them really uh, it's, a, it's a paper thin list though isn't it <laughs> I know it's not exactly a high bar I mean I, you look at Bolton's PFF grades he was the worst lineman on the team this year and it wasn't a great offensive line squad in itself um, oh, I don't know <laughs> I mean you would say um 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, Jonah, obviously. Been <laughs> yeah, Jonah. sorry. I forgot about Jonah. He's Jonah probably been the been, best. Yeah, yeah. He's been solid. But then, you know, for where we drafted him, I think it was 10th or 11th. Yeah, that's, that, see, that's a conversation itself. Now, Jonah, maybe we'll have this. Maybe we'll have it now, God damn it. With Jonah seemingly out the door, how would you evaluate Jonah Williams? Has he been a success? Has he been a bust? I, 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 I it's, you know, I would say he's played at sort of a second round level, actually. Well, yeah, I think you're probably right. And the the, the, the horrible thing here is, what year was that draft? I just, I just, the reason I the reason I say that is you want I want to just have a look. At, I think it was a 2019 NFL draft, right? So let's let's look at who we could have had instead no, of. No, Jack- don't go down that road. It's it's madness. That way, madness lies, Nathan. He was drafted correct in 2019, and but he was the consensus best offensive tackle in that draft. So I I had no problems about drafting him, you know. And I think that is it. It's just the luck of the draft, you know. So the Bengals can't really be blamed on that one. I don't think. But that's fair enough. But I, 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 it's not been a bad pick by any means. But if you look at a couple of picks later, you've got people like Brian Burns, you've got um, Jeffrey Simmons, some good players in there, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, for sure. But what do we need at the time? We I know we're supposed to go best player available. I seem to remember that was a bit of a, a happy marriage between best player available and uh, filling a need. And um, Jonah was that the results, the fruits of that, the the, the, lo- the loins of that big marriage. So, I don't know. I, it's just one of those things, isn't it? You know, some some draft picks hit and they don't really. Now, I, I, I would say he's been average to above average. I'm not quite sure he's justified his draft position. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say he's a bust completely because we've got five good years out of him and he's been part of a... Uh, a Super Bowl squad, you know. Um, so I don't know. I, it's but yeah, I, I think perhaps value wise, he wasn't quite the first round talent that uh, that he was made out to be. Perhaps. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, he's played a lot of games for us, and he, he's by no means. I mean, he's going to get a big contract. So for him himself, I'm sure. Yeah, he's... exactly. And I think he want. It just depends whether I think he. I think he's really keen to to get back to left tackle but whether people view him as a left tackle um, we'll soon see um, John Kelly at JK Bengals 68 uh, Re- Roots reverse scoop worked against Cummins disaster facing Bumrah keep it or ditch it now for our American listeners this is a cricket question so you might want to turn off or leave the room go and make a cup of tea or coffee or whatever your drink of choice is while we discuss cricket for two uh, for two minutes um, and also non-cricket lovers as well. So, what are you saying, Nathan? Uh, there's all this baseball stuff out in India. People go nuts over that uh, shot by Joe Root. Uh, would you keep it or ditch it? I tend to think, ah, sod it, just go for it because he's, like you say, it's 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 high risk, but when it comes off, it's spectacular. And that seems to be the the case with baseball as a whole. It's a microcosm of baseball. You know, it's high risk cricket but really entertaining and really exciting. And and if you look at the, the win and loss record, England are a team transformed under Stokes and McCullum. And um, could they play with a bit more care at certain times? Yes. Will they? I don't know. Um, it's a tricky. What do you think about all this stuff, this Bazball stuff? Yeah. I can't believe we've been Bazball on the Bengals UK podcast, but... <laughs> I know, right? I, I, 
I think it's a little bit overrated because everyone's wetting their pants about it and it's the next big thing. It's a bit of a different approach. And, you know, whenever there's a new approach in sports, a bit like the, you know, the press and football, everyone, you know, high press, Kagan press, everyone gets a bit sort of excited and a bit wet about it. But, um, I think it's positive, but I think at times it does go a bit too far. I think we've lost some silly games because of it. Um, but has it generated a bigger audience for the TV? Yes. Is it that much better to watch? Yes. Um, so I think there's a bit of bit of both there. As selfish as an England fan, you probably want to see it maybe dumbed down slightly. But I'm sure a lot of neutrals out there are probably willing it on and if it works but for much longer you're going to see other teams trying to adopt elements of it just like with every um sort of sexy new approach to a sport out there interesting brian paris at hey brian paris hey brian paris how you doing man nice to first time caller thank you for uh thank you for contacting us he asked a very good question i'm not sure whether i'm equipped to answer this question any insight into the international pathway pla- prospects from your side of the pond, especially that Welsh rugby player, do you see his skills translating to the NFL? What position would a rugby player excel at? Also, should the surprise rise in the cap uh, change the opinion of re-signing T? The latter, potentially, yes. But in terms of rugby, that's a really good question. I saw, I've seen a bit of a clip. I think they're doing a documentary, aren't they? It's either NFL UK or someone's doing a documentary on this lad, this Welsh rugby player, um who's uh, uh, chanced his arm um, by going over and training Lewis uh, Rhys Zamet he's quick he looks he looks a bit like Yoshi I have to say in terms of I reckon I reckon there might be some there's some potential for a wide receiver there I do or a running back I think I think running back potentially but I don't know the guy I don't know what position he played I think so someone uh, will pipe up and tell me um but yeah off the top of my head i reckon it's running back or wide receiver but he looks quick and he looks good with the ball in his hand um uh you know with the on the film that i've seen so um it should be quite interesting really yeah, I think you're going to see more and more athletes try and see if they can transition those pure athletic skills to the game. And even that Cowboys kicker, I think it's Brandon Aubrey, their kicker, that was um, playing soccer at the time. And he basically just looked one day and said, Look, I reckon I could do that. And basically was one of the better kickers in college football last season. So be it that position or, you know, rugby players that are slightly more athletic and feel that they could transition over it would be interesting and I'm sure there'll be some success out there you've seen more and more guys giving it a tryout from um, from Europe we had that uh, German fella didn't we on the practice mm-hmm. what was his name it's going to bug me now um, Moritz Boehringer Boehringer yeah Moritz Moritz Boehringer um, yeah I mean it's I mean Illuminal is a British guy so imagine if he ends up on the on the Bengals. Imagine NFL UK wetting their pants over that. Bloody hell. Um, there'll be memes every bloody day. Um, right. Bengal Rowley at Hog Roland. Hello, Rowley. Hope you're well. Uh, free agency Bengals will tend to pay uh, OL since we are rubbish at drafting them. Brackets Jackson Carmen. My top defensive interior lineman should be drafted in rounds uh, one or two. Think Dream Geno Atkins, then welcome Byron Murphy. Or Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy. Yeah, he's a definite contender. Contender. Uh, Byron Murphy, the second, the defensive tackle. Um, 
in the draft, so we'll have to watch that. And finally, um, Rob Hill thinks this is a pivotal off-season. He's at surely this season, Nathan. Um, uh, would you like to repeat that? That The solid handle got lost in the airwaves there. Solid handle. There you go, Rob, especially for you, mate. Uh, we were we were a championship quality roster last year and injury scuppered us. Do you think we can get better after free agency in the draft? Or will it be a battle just to make sure we're as strong as we were week one last season? I, I, I honestly, watching the playoffs, I don't think we're too far away, too far away, but we obviously need some reinforcements at key positions. We could do it getting a little bit quicker to stretch the field, a bit more explosive on offence. Uh, and we could do with be getting a bit more explosive on the on the defensive line as well. So yeah, I I don't think we're too far away. But yeah, I you would hope after free agency and the draft that we'll be ready to go. And the talent is already there on the team. It's just about again just kind of topping things up and making sure we're we're championship quality again. I think it's a really good point because I remember at the start of the last season, after the off-season, the draft, and we sat there, and I wasn't convinced we were better than we were the year before, but then it wasn't really a problem. We got to the Super Bowl the year before. You know, you're not always going to be taking great strides as a team with talent on it that's going to make the Super Bowl every year. So I I do think we possibly regressed when we looked at everything in the mirror um, for the talent we had last year, and I think if we can sit there in the pre-season after the you know the the draft after free agency all of the the tinkering that goes on with getting that final 53 together if we can sit there and say look actually this team's better than the team last season then we'll be you know hot sweaty ready to go ready to have a bit of a fight because that'll be a very good roster and it'll be one that's more than capable of doing the job in the AFC and finally Rob also asks if biscuits were NFL groups then oh, we've already talked about biscuits this evening. If biscuits were NFL groups, then robust ginger biscuits would be O linemen, mint clubs would be cornerbacks, and wagon wheels would be tight ends. Would they? A wagon wheel as a tight end? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I can see that. Uh, but what would be quarterback, receivers, and defensive end? Um. I'll go chocolate hot knob for defensive end definitely because they're a bit robust so they don't fuck about do they uh, chocolate hot knob um, a receiver you want something sleek and delicious and irresistible what's what's an irresistible biscuit a nice little shortbread with the sprinkles on it what you know the short uh, the shortbreads the little sort of like the big bits of sugar on them like the fancy ones oh really oh okay Okay, I'll give you that one. What about a quarterback then? A quarterback, I think, a chocolate. A, a uh, custard cream? A bourbon? A custard cream? Uh, no, I was going to say a custard cream for a running back. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Well. You've got you've got the sort of like the nice sort of the quickness as well blended They're in. They're quite with compact that. as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The mm. for the quarterback. I was going to say just my favourite biscuit. Which is the caramel digestive, but that yeah, I was going to say digestive because that's that's the that's the king. And well, the rich the, tea, the rich yeah, tea. Yeah, the rich tea's a bit boring though, isn't it? You don't yeah. want to quote about. Well, some you know, it'd be like a Joe Flacco would be a rich tea, I think. But um, yeah, you yeah. want something? Uh, I reckon a digestive would be good because it's it's the king and the queen of biscuits, really. Um, solid, yeah. tasty. You know what you're getting if you put a bit of chocolate on it. Gives a bit of bit razzmatazz. Um, but yeah. a jammy dodger. Yeah, jammy dodgers. Well, that's actually that might be receiver actually. Yeah, a jammy dodger. Um, 
I haven't noticed I haven't mentioned the Jaffa cake yet, Nathan, because I'm because that's not technically a biscuit; it's a cake. But um, uh, I don't know. I think yeah, custard cream is running back. Jammy Dodger as a receiver, uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, chocolate hovnov as a defensive end. And with that, I think we should end tonight's show. Next week we'll be back because things are going to be starting to kick off a little bit. Um, good luck to FC Cincinnati who begin their uh, MLS journey this weekend. Uh, I know a lot of you out there follow FC Cincinnati. That would be fantastic to uh, get back into, of course. Uh, well, as I say, um, we'll have the Combine bit of chat next week. We've got International Women's Day episode coming up. Uh, we've got our draft coverage coming up. We'll be right there through free agency. So uh, stand by, folks. Stand by, lovely listeners. It's all going to kick off in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but until then, of course... I will say this to you now from my mouth area. It's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.